Hi, this is Chris Kipp, lead pastor of Renaissance Church in Richmond, Texas. Thank you for streaming or downloading this podcast today. I hope this resource blesses you. If you haven't joined us at a worship gathering or at a house church yet, we want you to come. You can find all that information and more at rin-church.org. I pray that you are encouraged today by the proclamation of God's word. Today, I just want to talk a little bit more about what we started last week in terms of discipleship. Last week, um, I, I made the case that why the, the best thing that you could ever do for anybody is to help them follow Jesus. And we talked about this paradox within us that when we go seeking after ourselves, our pleasures, our wants, and all the things of, of the earth, that we actually wind up losing ourselves. But that when we turn and, and we seek Jesus, we turn our lives towards him, begin to follow after him, we get this amazing relationship with God through Jesus. And in turn, he's the only one who has the power and authority to actually show us who he's created us to be, that we get ourselves. We talked about this idea of helping people become people again. And I believe that today, uh, God wants to speak to us about discipleship, specifically on the how. Like, how do we do that? How do we help people follow Jesus? Well, Matthew chapter 4 is going to be our passage today. We're going to be looking at verses 18 through 22. Before we read that, um, I just want to say I feel like I've been given uh, some unfair advantages in life. And I'm not talking about white privilege. I'm talking about the fact that I've had some people who have uh, pursued intentional relationship with me to help me grow spiritually. A small group of people that have that pursued intentional relationship with me to help me grow spiritually. I, I say that's an unfair advantage because I found in the church, in the body of Jesus, in the body of Christ, that it's actually rare for us to have had someone pursue intentional relationship with us to help us grow spiritually. Let me take it even a step further. In my 20 plus years of ministry and interacting and working with pastors and leaders of all kinds, I find that it's actually rare amongst leaders and pastors for them to have had somebody pursue an intentional relationship with them to help them grow spiritually. I believe that's a problem. It's a problem that Jesus really wants to help us solve. So with that in our minds, I want us to look at Matthew chapter four, and we're going to start in verse 18. This is Jesus. It says, while walking by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat 
and their father, and they followed him. This is the word of the Lord. So here we have Jesus at the beginning of his earthly ministry, and Matthew's kind of giving us this, um, this kind of bare bones account of how he was calling his first disciples. Now, as we read the other um, gospels, you know, Mark, Luke, and John, we, we get more details in the story. We know that these guys already knew Jesus. They had a, a kind of a, a belief in him already and that they had been following him, but had for some reason gone back to that family business. And Jesus kind of gives them the formal call, the, the formal call to come and to follow him and that he would make them fishers of men. And I just want to spend some time today just unpacking that call when he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The, the big idea that I want to make for us today is that discipleship is a relational cumulative process through which God remakes us according to his purposes. It's a relational cumulative process through which God remakes us according to his purposes. Now, I just want to kind of unpack that statement with you right now. First is that discipleship is relational. Discipleship is relational. In verse 19, we see this call to Jesus, a call from Jesus to these disciples, and he says to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I want you to consider the invitation, come and follow me. What's he inviting them into? You see, in uh, 1962, there was a humorous episode of Candid Camera, and it was called Face the Rear. And in the episode, a person would walk into an elevator, and they would you know, push the button for the floor they wanted to go to, and they would turn and face the front. Well, immediately after them would, would come three or four actors, and there'd be a hidden camera, and they would walk into the elevator, and they would push the, uh, you know, the button for the floor they wanted to go to, and then they would turn and face the rear. And what happened is that every time the people that had been facing the front, which is the logical thing to do, right, to face the front so that you can see when the doors open and when you get to the floor they're supposed to be on, and that all these people would eventually turn and face the rear like these three or four others were. One guy would, he would check his watch and he would kind of slowly kind of turn and face the rear. Another guy got right in the elevator. He saw the guys facing the rear, hit his button and face the rear as if this is what we always do when we get on the elevator. You see, the concept that they were kind of, uh, you know, looking at was the concept of modeling, that we tend to do the things that we see other people do. We tend to do the things that we see other people do. Jesus knew that these disciples, these young men that he's calling, would need to see this life lived in person. And so Jesus, he, he doesn't just invite them to his speaking engagements. He invites them into his life. He says, come and follow me. What he's inviting them into is relationship, to walk closely with him. He's inviting them to walk with him in 
relationship. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been invited into the life of another believer like that? Maybe someone that you uh, looked up to spiritually, someone who was maybe a, a few steps ahead of you. Have you ever had somebody, a believer, invite you into their life like that? In uh, my 20s, I was serving at a church in Wimberley, Texas called Cypress Creek Church. I was a college pastor and a worship leader. And the pastor came to me and some other young men that were serving in the church. And he said, hey, I want to start a group with you guys um, on Thursday mornings called 2717. It was based on Proverbs 2717, which says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And so he says, hey, would you come meet with me on Thursday morning? Of course, we were like, yeah, that sounds great. And so we started meet with him, meeting with him every single week on Thursdays. And some weeks we would show up and he would have like a, a scripture that we would talk about. Some weeks it would be a book that we were reading together. Some weeks was uh, just talking about life or maybe an idea for ministry that he wanted to get our perspective on. Some weeks we'd go fly fishing on the Guadalupe River. Some weeks would turn into just uh, impromptu ministry to one another where we would be praying over um, big things that were happening in our lives. We were invited into his home to eat meals with him or to have lunch with him uh, on the way to the river, you know, things like this. And it was so formative for me to see this, uh, this Christian life lived up close have a, a man that I respected, a man that was steps ahead of me in following Jesus. And I could just see what Jesus does to a person and how they treat their spouse and how they talk to their kids or how they uh, act within their home or how they order food from a waiter or a waitress at a restaurant. There were things that I caught that I didn't have to be taught. I just saw them being lived out. And they were absolutely transformative for my life. I was brought into a relationship where I was discipled. Um, I remember uh, at another season in serving in Wimberley, we had just had our first son, Will. We had gone uh, to a group that we weren't leading, and it was a bunch of families, and it was kind of like our house churches here at Renaissance. It was relational. We would eat food together. We would... Um, talk about life and whatever struggles or big decisions we're facing. We would read scripture, we'd pray, uh, just basic community together. And we had a family come visit. They were from another church. And that church was heavy on Bible studies and low on community. And so when they came to our group, we greeted them warmly. We were so glad they came. And I remember they, uh, they said, okay, great, great to meet you. They sat down, they opened their Bibles, and they just looked at us like, let's get this thing started. <laughs> now, maybe they were hoping to communicate to us that they were sincere Christians, that they believed the Bible was the inspired word of God, that they were, you know, serious Christians or, or whatever. But what they wound up communicating to us was that we don't care to know you and we don't care to be known by you. We just want the Bible. We just want to study the Bible. 
you know, I've just had this burden on my heart that throughout the Western world and in America, throughout our churches, probably in our own city, perhaps even some of you at Renaissance Church, that there's an epidemic of believers who have learned how to hide behind Bible studies. What I mean is this. This is the inspired word of God that absolutely has the power to change our lives. However, this um, doesn't take three-dimensional shape in us until we begin to see it lived out in other people, when we begin to experience it in relationship. And until we do, what happens is that we actually begin to hide all the darker places of our lives, the places where we struggle, the places where we have sin areas, the places where we have deception or, or we have um, dysfunction. And we want to hide those places. And so we go to church and we have this religious veneer where we can hide behind our Bibles. And in the midst of that, I think Jesus calls us in to relationship. He calls us to open up our lives. It's what he did with his disciples when he says, come, follow me, walk closely with me. Jesus models a discipleship for us that's relational. It calls us to open up. The second thing that I think is so important here is that discipleship is a cumulative process. That word cumulative means increasing by successive additions. It's like where you build one thing on another thing on another thing on another thing over time. The reason why I, I make this distinction is that Jesus has this word follow, and in that word follow, there's this idea that they're going to have to come after him. It's going to take effort to follow him. They're going to walk alongside of him, and it's not always going to be easy. And in our culture, we have such a transactional mindset. You know, in our jobs, we trade our money, our, I mean, we trade our time, our expertise, our skills for money, right? And then we take that money and we trade it for goods and services and cars and mortgages and all the things that we do. And everything is viewed transactionally. And so what happens in that culture is that even churches begin to use the language of transaction and we begin to advertise that um, we, have, uh, we have these short services and we have inspiring music and we have relevant teaching. We have new facilities, powerful programs. And it's the language of transaction. Give your hour here and you can, you can experience God. And that's not what we see in the New Testament. Jesus doesn't invite them to give an hour he invites them to follow. He invites them to come after, to, to exert effort in order that they could walk in closeness with him. It's not the language of transaction. It's the language of journey. And this would be a three-year journey for these guys. In fact, it would be a three-year journey that turned into a lifelong journey journey for these guys. 
And along that journey, there would be wow moments where they would see Jesus do the God stuff that only the God man Jesus could do. I mean, they'd watch him heal. They'd watch him uh, cast out unclean spirits. They would watch him do all kinds of wondrous things where they, I'm sure they had just goosebumps, right? Because it's like, wow. And yet there were also moments where they would just walk on hot Middle Eastern roads for hours and hours going from place to place. There were times when they would be in the middle of a riot that would break out and they'd have to be forced out, right? They'd just slip away, you know, just trying to preserve their lives. There were times when they would be rebuked by Jesus. It wasn't transactional. Jesus was in a process with them where he was building one thing on another thing on another thing. And this calls us to show up. If relational discipleship causes, calls us to open up, this cumulative process calls us to show up and to keep showing up again and again, where we show up with our church family, we show up in our house church, we show up in prayer and in Bible study. We just keep showing up because we know that God's doing something over the long haul, over this process. And what is he doing? Well, Jesus tells them, I will make you fishers of men. See, the third thing that I think is so important is that we see that discipleship is God remaking us according to his purposes. He's remaking us according to his purposes. It's not a journey without a destination. It's not just the journey and the point is the journey. The point is that I will make you and God has an end in mind for these disciples. He can see like, okay, I, I, I see this in them. This is how they're going to serve me. And I want you to know that there are things that God has for you. He has purposes and plans for your life. Did you know that? Do you believe that, that he has a plan and a purpose for you? Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. He has a plan for you. It's a good plan that includes good works. He's already set the whole thing up for you. Now all that's needed is this. Follow after me. That word make means to mold, to fashion, or to form. And Jesus can't release you into your purpose until he has remade you, reformed you, and refashioned you. He's calling us to walk in discipleship for a purpose, his purpose. See, I've had this unfair advantage. I've had some people impart some things into my life that I desperately have needed. Things that I feel like have set me ahead in life and you can have the same thing too. I want you to have it. I wanna give it to you. And even more than that, I want you to be able to give that to somebody else. So I want to talk about how do we live this out 
at Renaissance Church? Well, the first thing is these communities that we talked about uh, in, in our first point. I talked about this idea of a house church, that we have house churches. And the reason why we chose the name house church is that we believe the church is the people of God on the mission of God for the glory of God, that the church is ultimately God's people. It's God's people. And that we are the church wherever we are. So when we gather in our large gatherings on Sunday mornings, uh, we're the church. But we're also the church when we gather in smaller groupings in the homes. We wanted people to understand the dignity of that gathering space. There's a definition of house church that we uh, use as we train leaders in our greenhouse equipping track. And, and this is what we say. A house church is a set of relationships that gather regularly in a home or a similar setting for the purpose of reaching not yet believers, building true community, and becoming more like Christ with the goal of duplicating itself so that more people can belong. Now, do you hear the elements of discipleship in that? A set of relationships. Discipleship is relational. That gather regularly, right? It's a cumulative process where we keep showing up. For the purpose of reaching not yet believers, building true community, and becoming more like Christ. With the goal of duplicating itself so that more people can belong. God remaking us according to his purposes. So step one, if you're not in a house church yet, I want to encourage you to get in a house church. These are places where we build relationship, real relationships in community, where we talk about the realities of our lives. We talk about the reality of scripture and truth, and we walk this out together. And I want to encourage you, if you're not involved in one of these, now is the time. You can text house church to 94 Again, that's house church to 94,000, and we will help you find a house church. We have five right now to choose from, and we would love for you to jump in with us. If we fill all those five up, guess what? We're going to find a way to duplicate a group because that's part of the goal so that we can make sure that everybody has an opportunity to get the unfair advantage that we've experienced. The second thing that we have, it's a tool that we call Framework. And this tool is a discipleship journal that takes you through just the foundational elements, the, the framework, the, the biblical framework work of our belief. It helps you understand some of the foundational things about Christianity. This is a tool that's designed to be to be done with another person or maybe two other people. It's, it's designed to give some intentionality to relationships. And so I want to encourage you, if you've not uh, used our framework journal yet, you can find that on our website and you can purchase it there. We will make sure that you get that. And this is a tool that will help you uh, grow spiritually with other people. So uh, in closing today, I was thinking of Casey, how she talks about her discipling relationships. And she always mentions a woman by the name of Debbie. Now, Debbie served in our college ministry. She was a mom of four kids. She had a husband in ministry. She was a busy mom, but she wanted to um, disciple these young girls. She wanted to engage them relationally. 
and she reached out to Casey and they would meet in different places. But there was one time that Casey always mentions, and it's when Debbie invited her to go with her to pick up her kids. She hopped in the car with Debbie and they went and sat in that forever long car rider line and they talked about life and her relationships and uh, what she was struggling with and how her walk with God is they just talked together. And she said it was just such this amazing picture of the simplicity of discipleship, of just one person opening up space in their life for another person to help them grow spiritually. You know, I think it's important for us when we think about discipleship, I feel like a lot of times we, we, we overcomplicate it so quickly. We think of studies and all the things that you think you have to do or to know in order to help somebody else grow spiritually. And I believe it's important that we don't miss the simple act of opening up our lives. Like Debbie saying, hey, hop in the car with me while I go pick up my kids and let's talk. Maybe there's a place or a space in your life where you can welcome in some people. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's just a, a block of time where you're not doing anything. Maybe it's a, a lunch or a coffee where you can spend some time with people. Maybe people that are in your house church. Maybe a younger man or a younger woman in the church that you just want to invest your life in. I just want to tell you, now's the time. Let's not waste another moment. Let's not let another person miss out on the unfair advantage of having somebody invest in them relationally. I want to invite you to discover for yourself the not-so-secret way that God's been changing the world for thousands of years. This relational, cumulative process which God is remaking you according to his purposes. And may you hear in my invitation, the invitation of Jesus, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Renaissance Church Sermon Podcast. To contact us or find out more information, visit rin-church.org.